Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I had got here, yeah, I'd probably been here about six months, lived down on County Road 150, and we had some cowboys, we had some ranchers coming here, but I... I, I didn't even have my horses here yet, and, and I mean, I really wanted to get, excuse me, I wanted to get a day working job because, you know, I mean, come on, I, I'm not being judgmental, or and I know that y'all aren't either, but when a guy gets up there and he talks about, well, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done this, you know what, it's all talk until somebody sees you do it, and, and granted, if you want to see me do it, you better bring a sack lunch, because it may take me a while to do it, but I'm going to get it done one way or another, even if it's the wrong one, you know? And so I, I was just, I was praying and I was like, man, you know, I, I really need to get a ranch job. I don't even have a horse, <laughs> you know? But th th there's a local, I, I got wind of a cowboy, and this is around October. It it's about this time, maybe a little sooner, about four years ago. And I heard that there was a local rancher, didn't know the man from Adam, had been bucked off of his horse and broke his neck. And I was like, man, alive, you know, that's, that's crazy. And, and whenever I heard about that, um, I heard that he was at Parker Adventist Hospital, and, and God said, why don't you go see him? I was like, no. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks, you know. I don't want to go see him. I don't even know who he is. And then they were like, well, this is his name. And I was like, well, just because I know his name doesn't mean I have to go see him. And so anyway, God is like, go see him. And he just, God shut up about it. But in my ear, I could hear him saying, just go see him, go see him. So I found myself driving by Parker Adventist. And I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to go see this dude. I don't even know what this dude looks like. I knew his first name. Well, I didn't know his last name too. I thought I had it right. And so I asked where, you know, what room he was in, and they told me. And so I was like walking slow. <whistles> Waiting for my cell phone to ring for somebody to come and, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, can you, can you come over here? Yeah, I'll be right there. <laughs> but I didn't know anybody, so nobody was going to call me. And so anyway, I get up to the room, and the, the, the doors cracked open about like this. And I was like, God, no. I don't want to do this. I mean, literally, my heart is beating in my chest. I mean, if you've never been a preacher or had to go, go visit somebody in the hospital that you don't even know who they are. You walk in there and like, what are you going to say, right? That you don't look like an idiot? Uh, hi. <laughs> so I knocked on the door and I hear this, come in. So I open up the door and there's this cowboy sitting there. He's got this big old neck brace on and he has to look at me like this. I said, Charlie? He said, yeah. I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I said, I said, Charlie, I said, uh, my name's Kevin Weatherby. I'm the new pastor of the Cowboy Church in Kiowa. And I, I know this is strange, but I heard you were in here, and I was passing by, and I just wanted to come and introduce myself to you and just ask if you needed anything. And he said, well, my pastor's on his way to pick me up right now. And I was like, thanks, good, see ya. 
And I said, I said, I said, sir, I said, I, I, I'm, I'm not here to invite you to church. I said, I said, how far are you into fall works? He goes, well, this happened on the first day. And I said, well, sir, I said, I'm not asking for a job. You don't know me from Adam, but I'm here to serve. And if you need some help, please call on me. I ain't doing nothing else. So be glad to give y'all a hand if you need it. He's like, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> and we kind of stood there, and there was like this awkward silence. And I'm like, okay, good to see you. Nice to meet you. And I, you know, and I skedaddled out there. I'm like, ah, oh, you are so stupid. You know, I mean, I just felt about this big. And, you know, I, I was worried because I didn't know him, and, and, and I don't do hospital visits very well. I mean, now I'm 0 for 3. I, I'm just going to throw this in there. I'm 0 for, well, actually, I'm 0 for 4. Because about three years ago, two and a half years ago, Riley went up to block a volleyball at a game in Simla and came down, and she just sat down. And she was... She didn't cry right then, but later on she cried, and I thought, well, you sprained your ankle. You're fine. Just you know, walk it off. You'll be, you know, let me rub some dirt on it, put some duct tape on it. My wife was like, we need to take her to the hospital. We don't need to take her to the hospital. She'll be fine. She has two screws in her ankle now. Yeah, shows you what I know, right? And then Griffin, he does something, and his hand all swells up. I was like, ah, he'll be fine. Rub some dirt on it, put some duct tape on it. It was broke. And then Griffin wrecks his motorcycle. He's limping around. Christy said, let's take him to the doctor. I said, it's fine. He's walking on it already. He's just bunged up a little bit. Rub some dirt on it. Put some duct tape. It was broke. <laughs> and then last week he comes home and his middle finger looks like my thigh. Or not his middle finger. His thumb looks like my thigh. It's this big around. <laughs> he plays an entire game and he's like, man, it really hurts. Christy said, I'm going to take him to the doctor. I said, it's fine. Rub some dirt on it. It's broke. So what I'm saying is hospital visits are hard for me. You know, I'm just kind of a, put some duct tape on it, rub some dirt on it. It should be fine. Let's go. It was hard for me. But I, I, I seriously, I remember walking down the hall to go see Charlie in the hospital. I didn't even know Charlie. And I was praying. And I, and, and I wasn't walking like this, dear Heavenly Father, I come to thee, Heavenly Father. It was more like, God, what am I doing? Why do you ask me to do all this stuff? Why can't, you know, Phil do this? He's on the front row again. <laughs> can't you make him do something? You know, I mean, that, that's, that was my prayer, walking down. But you know, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. And I, and I was real worried walking into that hall. And I know that sounds, I mean, even looking back, have you ever done that? You're so worried about something, and then later on you look back and you go, what was I worried about? Charlie is the nicest guy in the entire world. Unless you make a mistake working cattle. Then he's like a whole different type of, no, not really. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. And um, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, God asked me to do something, and I was so worried about it walking in there. And I'm praying constantly, and my prayers are kind of like Job or Moses. What in the world he got me doing this for? But, you know, here, here's the thing. This is what we can learn from Philippians 4, 6. 
where it says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. If God asks you to do it, then he's going to be in control through it. Think about that. How many times has God asked you to do something? And you know what? God never asks me to do a lot of the things that I would like to do. He always pushes us to do more and do more. I, I remember when my, kid, my kids were learning how to ride, uh, you know, walking seemed, you know, we, we were cool at a walk. And I'd say, get him to trot. No, no, no. Trotting was like, uh-uh, I ain't going to trot. And so I'd have to get out there and whoop on the horse a little bit to make it trot. And then it's like, oh, hey, this is cool. And I was like, get him to lope. No, no, I ain't going to get him to lope. Oh, no, no, no. So I whoop him a little bit, get him to lope. And they're like, ah! And then it's like, hey, yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> and so, you know, they're loping along. And, you know, now it's just like, hey, let's go. Well, that, that's the way it is with God. He's never going to ask us to do the things that we're comfortable with. But if God asks you to do it, then he's going to be in control through it. You know, these things that you get, you know, Ty talks about how he knows that God's going to uh, open up some doors to talk about Jesus whenever he's in California. And that I guarantee you, he's going to be nervous whenever he's sitting there and he's talking and, and out of the blue, God says, talk to him about it. He's like, What? Not this guy. I wanted to talk to that guy over there. He's nice. You know, I mean, but if God asks you to do it, he's going to be in control through it. And, and the second thing that we can learn from Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You've heard that verse before. The second thing that we can learn from that is, is that prayer doesn't have to be fancy to be effective. God does not... I mean, seriously, I, 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 people just like, well, I, don't, I don't know how to pray. Man, if you know how to move your lips and talk, you know how to pray. Just talk to God. You, you don't have to get down on your hands and knees. Maybe there is, there is a time for your hands and knees and, and, and truly getting into the Word. But 99% but of the other time, just talk to Him. God, I'm scared right now. I don't know what I'm doing. Are you serious, God? And He'll be like, yeah. Ah! He can take it. He's a big boy, okay? You're not going to hurt his feelings or anything, you know? I think that most people are like, well, I'm going to offend God and he's going to get mad. No, he's not. He's a big boy. He already knows what you're thinking. He just wants you to tell him. How many times is your kid, you know, they walked up and you're like, you know what they're going to say, right? But you're like, go ahead. Tell me. That's the way God is. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, I, I, I truly have been praying, God, I, I need some day work. You know, not that I have anything to prove. I, I don't, I, I'm satisfied with, with who I am. I'm happy with who I am. I love where God has me in my life now. I love where God had me then. But still, I, I wanted some day work, not because I wanted money. I needed to get out there. I needed to stay in the culture. I needed to get some more stories. And I got a lot of stories from that place. And uh, like half my material comes from that place. And, um, but anyway, so, so I had been praying, you know, man, God, I need some day work, you know. If somebody just give me a chance and all that. And I, you know, went walking out of the hospital, like, that dude's never going to call me. He'd be like, posted it on Facebook. This guy's an idiot, you know. But that didn't happen. And it was a couple of days later, and I got a call from his son, Chris. Like, Hello? Chris is like, Mr. Weatherby? Yes. It's Chris Carnahan. Hi, Chris. 
And he's like, you went and met my dad in the hospital. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart's... He's like, he said you might want to give us a hand. I said, oh, I'd love to give you a hand, Chris. He's like, well, that's good. We're going to be working you this Thursday or something like that. Can you be here? I was like, sure. And he's like, you mind riding that horse that broke my dad's neck? And I was like, sure. I hung up the phone. I was like, what are you doing? Are you serious? I did that stuff like when I was 20, like two years ago. You know, I'm not, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm like 23. 20. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, God, what are you doing? So I had to go back to Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know, but as I got out there, I took my Bronx saddle. And a lot of you see my Bronx saddle. It's basically a shark cage <laughs> with a cinch on it. <laughs> so I took it that day, and, and uh, I, I got out there, and all the way out there, I was like, God, please don't let me get yard darted. Let me make two jumps, okay? And I went ahead and wore the pins. Just so in case there was an accident, there would be no sign. Plus, it adds a little padding. Now you know our secret. You know, I needed to get out in day work to get a chance around here. And I had asked God for that right there. I said, God, I need a chance. If somebody will just give me a chance. But, but what I really wanted was for somebody, some, for some nice rancher at church to walk up and say, Hey, cowboy, would you like to come ride my gentle horse and... And do a roundup with us? Yeah, I'd like that, sir. That's not the way God works. God says, go to the hospital. Go meet a guy that you've never met. And then I want you to ride the horse that broke his neck. How about you do that? God's always going to take you this way around, but it's a marvelous trip whenever he takes you in, in a lot of ways. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways we could go for that. But that day, as I got there, I was kind of reminded that as I went and I was getting my chance, that I knew that people were going to be watching me, not judging me, but watching me. They had heard some of the things that, I mean, I was a cowboy from Texas that came down here, and you know, the last thing I wanted to look like was a gunsel. But as I pulled up and as I'm saddling this horse, and he's just sitting there, just cool as can be, and I mean, my old heart was beating real fast. God said, I've been preparing you your whole life for this right here. And you know what? That was true. And I sat there and I thanked God and I said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. And I stepped on Philippians 4, 6. The second half of Philippians 4, 6 says, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Today we're talking about how to ride, how to live on God's outfit, the first thing is he says, don't worry about anything. If you want to be a cowboy on the Long X Ranch, and I'm not talking about our, we call ours the Long X, but I'm talking about the kingdom of God. If you want to be a cowboy on the Long X, one of the first things you've got to learn is don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. And it doesn't have to be one of these fancy, you know, 
God, I love you, and these and thou's and haints and ain'ts, and you know, you don't have to be Shakespeare and Romeo and Juliet to talk to God. Talk to him like he's your God. Talk to him like he's a person. Philippians 4, 6b says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. If you aren't good at prayers, a good place to start is just tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Right there. I hear people all the time, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not real good at praying, especially out loud. Man, the easiest thing to do, tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. Simple as that. And, and God says, don't go on and on and on and on and on and on just so people will be impressed with how well you pray. One of my favorite people to listen to pray is my wife because she truly talks to God like he's her dad. I mean, you sit there and before boundaries or before hardcore when she prays, she's just like, God, we just need you. We don't know what we're doing most of the time. I mean, she, she, it's just real simple and real plain and really effective. If you want to learn how to live on God's outfit, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. And if you want to learn how to pray, all you got to do is tell him what you need. He already knows what you need, but a lot of times he wants you to come to him and ask. He wants to see if, if you are lining up with him, and it's not some test or anything. But God knows what you need beforehand, but go and talk to him about it. As I saddled that horse up, I kind of cheeked him around, and I stepped on him, and he went off like nobody's business. I rode that horse all day long, and I rode that horse for, it, it had to have been six months, maybe even a year. I think they finally got rid of him, not because, I mean, he, he never did anything. We, we don't know what happened that day, but as I got home that night, I was walking about this high off the ground. And it wasn't because I had done something. It, it was because I had done things, even though I griped about it, even though I complained about it, I had done things the way God wanted me to. When he told me to go talk to this cowboy who had had his neck broke at the hospital, I went and did it. I kicked, I screamed, I complained, I griped, I bellyached, I whined, I moaned, but I still did it. I went and talked to him, and I'd already been asking God that I needed a chance to day work so I could stay in the culture, so, so, this other, you know, so that people would be able to, to see me, not, not in some sort of prideful way, but, but so that I didn't look like somebody that was just you know, all talk and no saddle, even though I didn't have my saddle at the time. I had one, and I got home that night with my head held high and peace in my heart. It wasn't because the horse didn't buck. When you live and ride on God's outfit and do things His way, several things happen. When God asks you to do it, He's going to be in control through it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Listen to Him, and if you know He's telling you to do something, most of the time there's the easy way, and then there's the cliff straight up. And He goes, go that way. What? I want to go that way. It looks hard. He's like, yeah, well, it's going to be rough, but go that way. But most of the time what we do is we go, no, God, I want to go this way. This way looks easy. And so we go this way, and then we get 100 miles down the road, and we come to a cliff that we can't cross. So we go along, try to find another way, and guess what? We end up right back at the same spot with the easy road over here and the cliff right there. And he says, go that way. 
Like, well, I don't want to go that way. That way looks hard. And we take the easy road one more time and you just keep looping back around. And then you wonder, how come I'm not getting anywhere? You got to do things the way God says to do them. And he's, it, it's, he's not testing you. It's just that you got to do things his way. And a lot of times it's scary. But, you know, when you get up to the cliff, man, there's the rope. He's going to pull you up. He's not going to let you fall. But you got to have faith in him. When you live and ride on God's outfit and do things His way, when God asks you to do something, know that He's going to be in control through it. When you live and ride on God's outfit and do things His way, you need to pray about everything. <clears throat> Nothing is too small for God. Nothing is too big for God. I, I think that more often than not, we severely limit God. Well, God, if you will just... Just... God created this universe. He can part the Red Sea. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to go jump in the sea and it'll do it. Quit saying just. Quit limiting God. Pray about everything. Go to Him and ask. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for what He has already done. And then, Philippians 4, 7 says this. I love the word, anytime you see this word, in the Bible, it's a four-letter word, and something important always follows it. And the word is then. T-H-E-N. Then. Philippians 4.7 says, Then you will experience God's peace. Now, now, you have to understand that when it says then, there was some real important stuff before it. And the real important stuff before it says, Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. And then it says, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. And then Philippians 4, 7 says, then. If you do those two things, you don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell Him what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Man, that is some powerful stuff there, people. Powerful stuff. Then you will experience God's peace that surpasses all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You want to know how to live on the long X? Or you, you want to know how to, how to live on God's outfit? It has nothing to do with the style of hat you wear, what kind of boots you wear, what kind of horse you ride, how good you can do this, how good you can't do that. You want to live on God's outfit? Number one, you've got to be brave. You got to be brave. There's going to be some scary things. Don't worry about anything. You got to be brave to be on God's outfit. Nowhere, nowhere does God say it's not going to be scary. Well, John Wayne say courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Courage cannot exist in the absence of fear. You're going to be scared as you go through your journey. You're going to be nervous, but God, if God called you to it, He's going to call you through it. He's going to be in control through it. You got to be brave. The second thing, if you want to live on God's outfit, if you want a cowboy, cowgirl on this outfit, you got to be brave. Number two, you got to be close. Prayer brings us closer to the boss. Man, you got to be in contact with him at all times. He wants you to ride up right close to him so that whenever he tells you to do something, you can do it. Or more importantly, when he wants to tell you that he loves you, you'll hear it. He wants you to get right up close, and that's what prayer does. Prayer brings us close to God where we can saddle up right next to Him, you know, and touch knees even. 
right alongside him and hear of the marvelous things that he wants for you and all the good things that he's done. You want to ride on God's outfit, you got to be brave. Number two, you got to get close. Number three, you got to be honest. Tell God what you need. I ain't talking about those petty wants of materialistic things. Tell God what you need. He already knows it. He wants to see if you know it. Tell God what you need. Search yourselves. What do you really, really, really need? Is it something money can buy? I, I, I don't know. Tell God what you really need. You've got to be brave. You've got to be close. You've got to be honest. And the last thing, you've got to be thankful. If we can't recognize His goodness in the past, you won't be able to see it in the future. Be thankful. If you can't recognize everything that God has done in the past, then you're not going to see it in the future. You've got to be brave, be close, be honest, and be thankful. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Then you will experience God's peace. Isn't that great? God will have your back as you guard your hearts and mind while riding for Christ Jesus. Let's pray. God, we need you and you alone. God, you are the source of life and the answer to every single prayer we have. I thank you for bringing all these people today to hear your word that you had just for them. God, may your peace guard their hearts and minds as we all live on your outfit. And we can ride for you because Jesus throwed the gate to the ranch wide open for all to come in and ride. He throwed the gate wide open by giving his life for us. God, thank you for sending him to do what we couldn't. Amen.